Okay, well, this morning, I want to uh, continue and hopefully conclude a word that I shared about a month ago or so. Um, the title of this word, for those of you that were here, is called Tarry. Tarry is a word that is mainly based in the, uh, I'll say, in the, just in the original translation of the Bible. Okay, in the King James Version of the Bible. And that word had a few meanings, but the main meaning of this word means to wait. It means to stay. And it's talking about the presence of God. God's presence is everywhere. It doesn't matter where. You don't have to come to church to be in God's presence. You could be at home. You could be in your car. You could be even on the toilet seat. No matter where you are, as long as you're engaged and you're connected, God's presence is there. But when you tarry, there's a, there's a difference. Because tarrying simply means that not only are you putting yourself in God's presence, but you are deliberately connecting with the Lord. And as we know, we're already now in the final month of the year. I don't know how this year has been for you. Okay? Me, it's been a very quick year. Because I can remember the uh, 31st of December 2022, and the service that we had, as though it was yesterday. And fast forward now another 11, nearly 12 months, and now we're going to enter in a few weeks into 2024. Time does not wait for anybody, as we all know. <clears throat> and maybe, there may be things that you believe in that you would have achieved or done this year, and at the moment, maybe those things haven't happened. But see, the thing about tarrying is that when you tarry, you're committing yourself into, into God's hands, or you're committing your life, your situation into God's hands. And when you pray and you commit yourself into God's hands, prayer can change anything around you. Again, you don't have to come to church to pray. You don't have to be in some kind of holy building to pray. Anywhere you are, you can spend time speaking to God, bringing your situation before him, and asking him to change your situation because you're seeking him in prayer. And this is all part of this word, tarry, because there are different characters in the Bible who caught the revelation of tarrying, of being deliberate to spend time in God's presence. Jesus is a classic example. Because if you read some of the Gospels, you'll find that Jesus spent many times away from everybody, away from his disciples, and he just spent time praying, speaking to his father, listening to his father speak to him, at times for hours. And then he would leave time praying and then come down to his disciples. And at that time, he would then go and be walking around and just do miracles. He'll see somebody. He'll lay hands on them. Instantly, they're healed. All the different miracles that Jesus did didn't just happen by itself. It happened because he spent time tarrying with his father and this word i want to share i want to encourage all of you no matter what you're facing no matter what you're going through to be deliberate to spend time with your father because god wants to speak to you he wants to say things to you that would totally transform your life he wants to cause you to be in a position where as you're living your life you're not living it based on what you think is okay you're not living your life based on how you think your life should be but you're living it based on god's will because God created you. He knows exactly how your life should be. He knows exactly right now, 
in this season of your life, he knows exactly what you should be doing, what position that you should be in. So it's important that we are deliberate to spend time in God's presence, to hear what God is saying to us. Amen? So let me just quickly pray, and then I'll just recap, and then I'll continue. So Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord God, that, Lord, that we are more than two are in your name, oh God, that you are here. Father, we are more than two, so we thank you that, Lord, as I speak, prepare our hearts to receive your word and draw us closer to you, Lord, as you encourage us and you help us to tarry, to spend time in your presence. We pray, help us, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the, one of the key scriptures on this word was in a book called Habakkuk. Habakkuk. I'm going to read from uh, chapter 2, verse 3. It says this, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. Then it says it will not tarry, which is almost like a contradiction. And I explained with this scripture, the vision is anything that you have that you're believing God for. So you could be believing God for a new job. You could be believing God for healing. Let's say that you're not well. Or you have a, a family member or a friend who's not well. Or you're believing God for just some miraculous breakthrough. That is your vision. The Bible says the vision that you have is for an appointed time. So that thing you're believing for won't just come in your time. You may want it to come now. You may want it to come yesterday. But it's saying that there's an appointed time for the vision that you have. And he said, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. So in other words, that vision, it will come by faith. Then it says, though it tarry, though it delay. So the delay may be that you're believing for healing, but the healing hasn't come yet. You're believing for this job you're believing for, but it hasn't come yet. You're believing for to pass an exam that maybe you've been failing and you, you've been repeating and resitting this exam, and you still can't get past the exam. But the scripture says, though it tarry, though it delay, it says, wait for it, because it will surely come by faith. And as you tarry and as you continue in the presence of God. You know, it's interesting how prayer works. Because sometimes, let's be honest, we can be religious when it comes to praying. We can wake up in the morning. We can be doing all our duties. And then we remember, okay, I haven't prayed. Lord, thank you. Amen. And then we just go about our day and do what we want to do. That's prayer. But let's be honest. Those of you that, you know, you live in the house, in your house with your family, with your, your spouse, your children, your, your, your parents, etc., if every day you saw the person you live with and what they said to you was, good morning, thank you, and they went about their day, they didn't speak to you the rest of the day, That's, that was the communication that they had with you the whole day, how would you feel about the person that you live with? That's what they said to you. Meanwhile, you're just walking past each other, doing what you're doing, doing what you're doing, but that's the only conversation that you had with them the whole day. It would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? But see, that's what we do with God. And God is almost like an afterthought when we wake up. And I say this, and I know my children are probably tired of me saying this all the time. We should never take for granted. When you sleep, and then you wake up in the morning, 
between the time you slept and the time you woken up. In the realm of the spirit, because that's a very real realm that we don't always appreciate, things are happening. The enemy is trying to destroy you and kill you whilst you are sleeping. But then the Lord and his angels are protecting you and keeping you. So there's a battle taking place. You're sleeping, you don't even know what's happening. But then in the morning, you open your eyes, you wake up. Not knowing that God, once again, has given you victory because you've woken up to see another day that the enemy didn't want you to see. So knowing that, when you wake up, are you just going to wake up and just say, yeah, okay, what's my plan for today? And you do what you want to do. But no, rather, when you wake up, it's like, Lord, I give you thanks. Because I don't even know what happened when I slept. I don't know what battles that was taking place. Sometimes you have an indication because sometimes you can have dreams. And some of, you know, God, you know, God speaks to us in dreams sometimes, you know. And sometimes you can have dreams that may, you know, I'm sure some of you have had these dreams where, you know, it's like you're somewhere, maybe you've fallen off a, a, a cliff or some kind of high-rise uh, uh, um, uh, building or something like that. And you're falling. You can see the bottom, you're going to make contact, then you wake up. Has anyone had those kind of dreams before? Or you had all, another type of dream where it's like someone's trying to attack you, but then you're trying to scream and stop the person, but it's like you can't speak. It's like you're trying to say, you know, sometimes you're even trying to say, oh, Jesus, or whatever, but the words just can't come out of your mouth. Those dreams are sometimes they're indications of the kind of battles that are taking place as you sleep. Because the Bible says this, that the enemy, Satan, he's real. And he comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's what he wants to do. But see, God will not allow him to do that because of God's protection and grace upon your life. So when you sleep, as I said, God is protecting you. His angels are encamped around you, shielding you, fighting your behalf, stopping the enemy from trying to destroy you, because that's what he wants to do. So it's important. Wake up and give thanks. And glorify the one that has allowed you to see a new day. One of the things, in fact, I didn't mention this, but I'll mention it now. Is that this is, this is something that I've began to start doing in, in the morning when I, when I pray. You know, the Bible is, a, is, is not only, it's just a wonderful uh, book to to read in terms of speaking God's word but it's a reference point just for how you can pray and speak to God one thing that God delights in is us speaking God's word back to him it's like when you if you give a promise to somebody and you said oh you know what Gabriel I'm going to give you 10 pounds and then Gabriel's like okay yeah when are you going to give me 10 pounds yeah I'll give it to you tomorrow so tomorrow comes and then Gabriel comes to me and they say, hey, where's my 10 pounds? And then I could say, when did I say I'm going to give you 10 pounds? And then Gabriel said, but you told me yesterday that you're going to give me 10 pounds. Then I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know what I did? I forgot. And then I give you the 10 pounds. My words, what I've said, was the reference point that allowed Gabriel to now access what I said I was going to give to him. And it's the same with God's word. When God's word is spoken, power is released. So when he says various things like Psalms 27, I've got a time, I'll very quickly read it. 
but there are, there are promises in God's word that every single person has access to tap into. But if you do not speak the word that God has given to you, speak the promises in his word, it means that you yourself are losing out on the very thing that God wants to bless you with. So I encourage you that as you're praying, pray God's word. Don't just pray, Lord, do this for me. Lord, today, I'm believing that, I'll, you know, that you could open up this door. You will give me this job. You will provide me this money. I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray those, those kind of prayers because there's a, there's, a, you know, there's a time and a place for those kind of things, definitely. But generally, pray the word of God because the word of God is life. It will transform every situation. And not being funny, it will cover every, every need that you have is covered in God's word. So let me quickly read this Psalm 27. I'm going to quickly read from verse 1 to 10. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? So as you're praying this, this is what I do. So it says, The Lord is the light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? So Lord, I thank you. You're my light and my salvation. I don't have to care. I don't have to fear anything at all. It says, um, The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Lord, I thank you that you're my fortress. You protect me from danger. I don't have to be afraid of anything. It says, when evil people come to devour me and my enemies um, and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. So Lord, any enemy that seeks to attack me today, your word said they shall stumble and they shall fall. This is what God's word said. You're just speaking it back, back to him. It says, though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I'll remain confident. So Lord, whatever the enemy is trying to bring to me today, thank you that your word says that you will send your angels around me and that um, any attack, I can be confident because my focus is on you. Then it goes on from verse 5. It says, For he will conceal me there with tr when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high walk. Then I will hold my head up high above my enemies who surround me. So again, it's just talking about any attack, anything negative that tries to come. Lord, I thank you that you will protect me from anything that the enemy is trying to bring my way. Then it goes on. Verse 11 said, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. It said, I would, have, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So Lord, help me never to lose heart in what I'm facing. Then it said, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. So Lord, I will wait on you. Lord, I'll be patient. Whatever it is that you're believed, I'm believing for you to do in my life. Help me to demonstrate patience and to wait in your presence. Amen. Now, you, what, you, what I've just done there, I've just prayed God's word, which is, I was going to say perfect, but it's, it's, it's one of the best ways to pray. You know, if, if anything, it is probably the perfect way to pray because you're speaking the word of God back to him. In the same example that I gave when I, when I said about the money that I, that I was going to give to Gabriel, Gabriel said to me, where's my money? And then I said to him, okay, yeah, I did say I'm going to give you money. So he's using what I've said as, as a form of access to get the very thing that I said I was going to give to him for him to receive for himself. And it's the same with the word of God. Amen. Another thing I said about tarrying is that another meaning of the word tarry, sorry, is that it's holding out for an anticipated occurrence. So what that means is that you're, when you tarry, when you wait in God's presence for something, you are believing by faith that God is going to intervene based on whatever you're praying for. 
So this occurrence is anticipated by faith. So when you spend time in God's presence, you may come into God's presence and you'll be like, Lord, you know what? Um, I'm kind of doubting whether I'll actually get this very thing. You know, I've been believing for a job for years and nothing has come. Or I've been believing for a particular type of job and nothing has come. So, Lord, I don't know. It's not a problem. If you come into God's presence in that way, that's fine. Because at least you're in God's presence. Then from there, you now allow the word of God to speak to you, to change you from a position of doubt into one of faith. Because by faith, know this, that God will answer you in his own time. The way God operates isn't based on our timing. It's based on his. So faith is central when it comes to waiting in the presence of God and hearing God speak to us. Genesis chapter 19, verse 2, it says, Lot asked the two visitors to Sodom and said to turn in. He said, I implore you in your servant's home. He said, remain all night. In other words, tarry all night. Then it says, wash your feet and you will get up early and go on your way. Now this scripture is an interesting one because it's talking about a particular thing that was wanted by a lot. And what he was encouraged to do was to spend time in God's presence the whole night. Now, see, I'm not saying that everyone here should spend time praying the whole night. But, even, but sometimes, I said this before, there is a time and a place for something like this. Because if you're desperate for God to do something, there's no harm in you putting a whole night aside and praying, seeking God, hearing what God has to say to you, and then receiving whatever revelation that God has for you. But the onus is on you to do it. Because let's be honest, most of us, we could do an all-nighter to watch a whole Netflix series, or we could do an all-nighter to go out somewhere and enjoy ourselves or whatever. But when it comes to spending all night with God, it's like, hmm, I don't know, I'm not too sure about it. But if we do so, the things that God will speak to us and show to us, the revelations that we'll receive, would transform our lives. I'm telling you. Totally transform your lives. But if for you to put yourself in that position. Amen. Okay. So that was a very long recap. But um, I'll continue from, from where I left off. Okay. So that's what I've been, been saying. Tarrying is about the presence of God. Waiting in God's presence. And it's not necessarily a place or a location. It's an atmosphere that you create for yourselves. As I said, you don't have to be in church to tarry, to spend time in God's presence. You could be anywhere, walking on the road, God's presence could be there. And you spend time seeking, you listen to what God is saying to you. It's an atmosphere that you create for yourself. And it's a way of presenting to God your heart's desires to him. God has placed desires in our hearts. And I believe that as we bring those desires to him, God will then allow us to be in a position where the desires on our hearts, the things we're believing him for, that he will release the answer to them again in his time. But there's a scripture here, a very interesting scripture that I, I came across in Psalms 119, verse 29. This is the, uh, the psalmist David. It says this, it says, Keep me from lying to myself. Keep me from lying 
to myself. This was a word that was spoken by David in the Bible. Now let me just elaborate on this. David experienced some very unique things in his life, if you, you know the background of David in the Bible. He committed murder. He committed adultery. And as a result of those things, he suffered depression. You read, you read the book of Psalms, and you see how David was speaking about many things, about Lord, I'm this, I'm that. He went through depression because of the things he went through. He, he, was, he felt tremendous guilt because of what he did. But yet, as he spoke God's word, he came to this point where he said, Lord, keep me from lying to myself. Now, why would he say this? Again, because of the things that he went through. But I believe it was his prayers that he prayed, spending time in God's presentarian, that helped him to be honest with himself as opposed to lying to himself. Now, my question to you is this. Can you really be honest and admit when you lie to yourself? Because I'm not being funny. I think all of us at times lie to ourselves about something. But the thing is that we're not always honest about when we lie to ourselves, about whatever it is that we're lying to ourselves about. You know, and at times we can run away or we could ignore the truth for whatever reason. You know, the saying says that the truth can hurt. But it's important to recognize the truth in our own situations so that we can avoid lying to ourselves. And it's also important to make sure that we hear the truth. Because unfortunately, if we do not, what will happen is that you will end up living a lie. And that will totally separate you from God's will in your life. So I want to encourage you. Be like David. Pray this prayer. Lord, keep me from lying to myself. Allow the truth of God's word to speak to you. And that comes through tarrying. That comes through spending time in God's presence. So that God can speak to you about certain things about your life. You know, it's amazing. One of the things that I, I so love about spending time in God's presence is that everything is laid bare. When you come before God with a, with a totally pure heart and a heart that, Lord, just speak to me. Your heart is, Lord, just speak to me. When you come with that attitude, God will now be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to speak to you. So then God will now begin to look at your, your let's say your, your heart is open before him. And then he, begin to, he will begin to highlight things about you to change and transform you. So as you come before him, God will say, okay, my son, my daughter, this part of your heart, I love it. Continue living that way. But then he will say, but this part of your heart, that needs to change. Because that part of your heart is not in line with my word. So you need to change that part of your heart. But it's being in God's presence that allows you to hear when God speaks to you in that way. I'm not being funny. If you're not in God's presence, how are you going to know? Because what you will do, you'll be living your life based on what you think is okay. So you'll be living your life however. And in your mind, yeah, um, this is okay. This is how I should live my life. But what is God saying? And the way you know is by taking time, putting yourselves in God's, in God's presence, and hearing what God is saying to you. So I want to encourage you each and every one of you, to be like David. Pray these kind of prayers. Lord, 
Keep me from lying to myself and help me hear the truth of your word. Amen. Matthew chapter 26, quickly going to read from verse 38. It says this, then he said to them, this is Jesus. Jesus talking to his disciples. He said, my soul is deeply grieved so that I'm almost dying of sorrow. Then he said to them, tarry or stay here and stay awake and keep watch over me. So this scripture was Jesus when he was approaching the time that he would die on the cross. And the Bible says that he went away with his disciples, his close friends, his allies. And whilst he was in this position where mentally he was distressed because he knew that his death was approaching, it was coming. He said to them, okay, you guys, please, I'm going to go and pray with the Father. You guys also, please, just spend time praying. And he went. But if you read the rest of the scripture, the Bible says that rather than praying, his disciples did what? They fell asleep. They were tired. And see, the interesting thing about this sleep is almost symbolic because the sleep that they, that they did when they were supposed to be praying meant that they were switched off. So they were supposed to be connecting with the Father as well, praying for Jesus. But because they were disconnected, they were tired, maybe they lost focus, they slept. See, the thing about sleeping, in fact, let me use an analogy. Many of us have laptops at home, computers and desktops or whatever it is. There's a mode you can put your laptop in, which is called sleep mode, which most of you know. The sleep mode generally means that the laptop is on, but you can't, it's, you can't function the laptop. So you can't go online. You can't you know, you know, begin to type stuff or whatever because it's, it's in sleep mode. It's disconnected from... Uh, from is function, functionality, exactly. And sometimes, for some of us, we can be in that sleep mode. We're present, but we're disconnected. That's sleep mode. Your laptop is there. It's with you, but you can't really do much of it because it's in sleep mode. And that's how the disciples were. They were there, Jesus asked them to pray, but they were in sleep mode. They were not connected. And at that point, Jesus needed them to connect because he was under tremendous pressure and stress because he knew his death was coming. So maybe for some of, you, for some of us, for some of you, you may be in a similar position to the, the disciples but you're in sleep mode. Again, you're present, but you're disconnected. You may be praying, but you're praying from a position where you're tired. And I believe that the Lord wants to revive each one of us with a fresh desire to seek him in prayer. You know, there's this saying, that I heard many years ago when it comes to prayer, which is it's an acronym called PUSH. It's pray until something 
happens. You know what most of us do? We pray until it's time to stop praying. And then we carry on doing what we're doing. But rather, we pray until something happens. Pray until there's a transformation. Sometimes forget about putting time limits when you pray. I mean, I'm speaking to myself now. When you're praying, you're looking at your clock. You're looking to see what time it is. You've already planned. When I finish praying, I'm going to fry plantain. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put the, put the, the, the TV on and watch. Whatever. Don't put any time limits on it. Pray until there's a transformation. And the truth is that the transformation is a transformation that's within you. That's the transformation. I don't know if anyone has ever prayed where, let's say, they've had a real issue with somebody. Let's say that somebody has hurt you. Somebody's done something that is, as far as you're concerned, the thing that they've done is borderline unforgivable. But then you're praying, Lord, you know what? I don't want to forgive this person. I want to hold on to how I feel. But I know that your word says I need to forgive. Because the way that I forgive others is the way that you will forgive me. So Lord, help me to forgive. Those of you that have prayed those time for prayers, and within you there's been a change where you were once in a position where you couldn't, you could not release yourself from unforgiveness, but then you came to a place where you were able to forgive that person. That is what tarrying in prayer will do. And there were many people that have been in similar positions where they couldn't release somebody on the face of the situation. They couldn't because of how they felt. But when they spent time in God's presence and they prayed and they spoke God's word, there was a transformation. And they prayed, they pushed, they prayed until something happened and they received their deliverance. You know, famously we've spoken, I think Jean-Marc and Lynette, different ones have shared on this scripture. The story of Abraham in the Bible. Sometimes we say this story, and in our minds it's just a story, but this is a reality that took place. Abraham was told by God, you are going to be a father of nations. But Abraham was in excess of 90 years old. Naturally speaking, he could not produce a child. His wife was in her 90s. She had gone past menopause. Menopause means that when menopause takes place, naturally speaking, forget about children because your body has moved on. So naturally speaking, it was impossible. No baby, forget it. It couldn't happen. But God had said, you are going to have a child. And as we know, in the end, they didn't lose heart. They continued to pray. They held on to God's word. And as we know, Abraham's wife gave birth to Isaac. Now see, had Abraham doubting God's word, and at one point, if you read the scripture, he did, you know, he was wondering, okay, let me have a plan B. You know, he, 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 he arranged for um, somebody else to get pregnant. But then eventually he came back to God's plan. But the key was that Abraham held on to God's word. 
in the presence of God. So when you receive a promise from God, God will say to you, Gabriel, by the age of 25, I'm going to bless you with this. Let's say that's a word God has given to you. Hold on to that word. 25 may come. 26 may come. 27 may come. If you can hold on, but you said that in 25, what happened? But then years go by. Does it mean that God has lied? No, it doesn't mean that. It just means you have to tarry. It means you have to wait. And in due season, as the word says, it will come and it will not delay. That's what the word of God says. So you hold on to that word. And I'm saying this to every single one of you. When God speaks, hold on to God's word and bring it before him in God's presence. You know, somebody sent me a message. Um, in fact, yeah, I'll say it. Um, Trevor, Trevor Remain. Those of you that don't know Trevor from uh, Greenwich Church. 20 odd years ago, apparently, I gave him a word that I wrote down on a piece of paper that I couldn't even remember what the word was. He sent me a WhatsApp. He still had the paper with my handwriting on it. In fact, it's his handwriting, but my name in it, etc. Saying what the word was. And the word that I gave to him is exactly what he's doing right now in terms of his business. Now, at the time, he wasn't even in business. He was working for the council, doing whatever it was. And again, I couldn't remember the word I gave to him. But he said he came across this and he said he almost collapsed because he prayed into this word and just left it in God's hands. 20 years later, the very thing that I wrote down is exactly what he's doing. Did he know it's going to be 20 years? I'm sure when I gave that word, he's probably thinking, okay, maybe the following year that this thing will happen. But 20 years later, that's when the, very, the thing that was, that was written down took place. But he tarried in God's presence. He spent time saying, Lord, you know, I don't know when this is going to happen, but I give this to you, let your will be done. And I'm saying this to say, whatever is in your heart that you're believing for, there are things that you may be believing for that are, it's like, it's an absolute miracle. It's like, Lord, how on earth are you going to do this? How? I don't know how. Abraham said exactly the same thing. His wife said the same thing because her body was beyond being able to give birth. But God said, I'm going to do it. And I believe God is saying to all of you, based on the things in your heart, I'm going to do it. But you have to tarry in his presence. You have to take time out and put yourself in a position, position yourself to hear from him. And as you do so, the very things that's on your heart, God will bring them. He will not delay. And then when he brings them, you will give glory to him. And those around you will give glory because of what God has done in your life. Amen. We just bow your heads. I want to want to pray very quickly. And I want you to bring the things that have been in your heart before the Lord. Don't dismiss them. If it's on your heart, if it's a silly on your heart, then it's on God's heart. So bring the things that's been on your heart right now before the Lord. say, Lord, I thank you in advance for answer prayer. I pray, Lord, for your will to be done. That I will not doubt, but I will continue to believe you that the things that you have placed on my heart, that they shall come to pass in your time. 
Thank you, Father. Lord, you hear the hearts and the prayers of your people. I pray that you will bless each one. Favor them, Lord, as they bring the areas of their hearts before you. Favor them, Lord. Provide for them, I pray. Thank you, Father. I also want to pray. Again, all heads bowed and eyes closed. When I mentioned about the scripture in Psalms 119, where David said, keep me from lying to myself. If you recognize that you've been lying to yourself with regards to certain areas of your life, I want you to bring those things before the Lord and ask the Lord to help you. It's so important to be honest and to be truthful when it comes to your walk with God and your, and your life. So if you recognize the areas that you know that you've been lying to yourself with, just bring those before him right now. And say, Lord, help me to see the truth and to live according to your truth. Thank you, Lord. The Father, as you hear the hearts of your children, Father, Lord, where we have been lying to ourselves, <clears throat> Father, help us. Help us, Lord. We pray that, Lord, that you will keep us from lying to ourselves. Just as David prayed that prayer. Help us, Lord. Help us to walk in your truth. Lord, we lay our hearts bare before you. And if there's any areas of our hearts, Lord, that are not how they should be, we ask for you to highlight those areas. And we pray you'll help us to transform and to change according to your word. So, Lord, help us. Keep each one of us from lying to ourselves. And help us, O oh God, to live according to your truth and according to your will. So, Lord, we thank you. Help us, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Again, you may be here. And what I've, I've said today in regards to tarrying and waiting on the Lord, you may be in a position where you're not connected with Jesus in the way you should be. You may want to give your heart to the Lord for the first time, or you may, or you may want to rededicate yourself to the Lord. If that's your want to give you an opportunity this morning. to get yourself back on track with your walk with the Lord. The Bible said that today is the day of salvation. Nobody knows what tomorrow will bring. The Bible said that tomorrow is not guaranteed. So if that's you and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord or you want to surrender to him, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. So again, all um, heads bowed and eyes closed. If you want to rededicate yourself to the Lord this morning or you want to give your heart to him, just raise your hands. And where you are, you don't have to come to the front. I'll just pray with you. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you. We see that hand. Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to minister. That, Lord, that you will speak right now to your child. Thank you. That, Lord, that you have translated us from darkness into light. 
Your word said that we confess with our mouth, Lord Jesus, and believe in our heart that you died and rose from the dead, that we shall be saved. So I pray, Lord, that you will bring salvation to your daughter. We thank you, that Lord, that you called her to rededicate herself to you and live for you afresh from this day forward, Lord, that, Lord, that she will be embraced by your spirit and continue to live for you forever. So, Lord, we thank you that you have broken every chain of the enemy and that you have released your presence and your spirit upon her. So we give you all the glory and we thank you. We thank you for this gift of salvation that is now the portion of your daughter. We thank you, Father. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.